0: Welcome, everybody, to a special emergency episode, uh, episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined kindly by Pete Zayas. It is our Saturday. Uh, I may or may not have had a couple mimosas because it is my Saturday, uh, but the Lakers went out... <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers went out and hired uh, Frank Vogel to be their new head coach and saddled him with at least Jason Kidd as of right now. Uh, Pete, how are you taking the the new cycle as it appears right now? Um, so I think it's important to distinguish between what I want and what the Lakers
1: want. Um, I actually want to start with, like, did the Lakers achieve what they were looking to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And. The thing I keep going back to is there were easier ways to get to Frank Vogel than yeah. they got here, right? And obviously, we have our feelings about Jason Kidd being hired as an assistant as well. Mm-hmm. We'll get into those. But um, I, I thought that what was mostly a smooth sailing coaching search, even if they didn't expand it to the degree to which they needed to, became unnecessarily dramatic by amateurish negotiation tactics with yeah. Lou. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting their third or fourth choice as yeah. a coach on a three year deal. Um, and like Vogel's fine in a vacuum. I have concerns about his relationship with LeBron James or how LeBron feels about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, LeBron, the, putting my feelings aside, I do not agree with LeBron on this, but LeBron. Uh, reportedly thinks highly of jason kidd and i hope that if there's no other benefit from the kid hiring that
0: that's a little more buy-in from lebron
1: a little more buy-in from lebron although i i question how much you can get from that from an assistant coach yeah um but I think it sets up a really precarious situation for Vogel. Yeah, considering <laughs> Kid's history, if if it's true that LeBron is lukewarm at best on the idea of Vogel, uh, I could very easily see Kid budding up to LeBron, and they already have a, a good relationship, and that being yeah. like basically we're set up for an unnecessarily dramatic dynamic, and that is the Lakers in a nutshell at this point.
0: So. When it looked like the Lakers might hire Ty Lu, I framed it as, it's a solid single, right? It's a solid single, maybe a double, whatever it is. This is basically like striking out and getting on first via pass ball. <laughs> you know? Like, technically speaking, they have a runner on first right now, but it wasn't by anything from their own doing. They swung at a curveball in the dirt, and it got by the catcher, and now they are on first. Yep. Uh Here's the thing. So you talked about the the amateurist negotiations and stuff like that. Right now, nobody can be thrilled about Frank Frank Vogel because they framed him as not good enough to be a head coach in the first place. They were talking – the only way that he came up was as an assistant coach to Ty Lue, right? So like that's the starting point. Right now, he wasn't initially good enough to be a head coach, and now because of their own screw-up, it is he is now a head coach, right? Right. Like if, if they identified Vogel as being
1: like their guy from yeah. the beginning or like if he was in that first – Pool of candidates. Yeah. They could have plausibly been like, hey, we interviewed everyone, we looked at the situation and decided that this was the best guy for the job. And if that's how you get to Frank Vogel, even if I disagree that he's the best guy, the that's not really the point. The point here is that they didn't think he yeah. was the best guy for the job. And if you're the Lakers and if you pride yourself on that brand meaning something and you make as much money as the Lakers do, you should end up with the guy that you want. Yeah. There's especially when and there's not like a guy like Ty Lu walking away without there being competition. It's not like Monty Williams. who got scooped up by somebody else. Right. Who I do believe was the Lakers second choice, mm-hmm. but that hasn't happened with Lou. It was a
0: self-inflicted wound. Yes. And that's kind of, that's been the theme here mm-hmm. is that a lot of these mistakes that they keep making are, are themselves shooting themselves in the foot. Like instead of putting one foot after the other, they're shooting one foot after the other, you know, in, in, in their attempts to move forward. Uh, and and what sucks here is that this is nothing like all of this is beyond Frank Vogel's control. There's nothing he can do here at this point. He was identified early on as as, as an assistant coach. He is not going to have the buy-in from LeBron. The guy who's going to have the buy-in from LeBron is somebody who oh by the way has a <laughs> has history of undermining coaches, right? The people that he he works with. And mm-hmm. and you know, there's what what can Frank Vogel do at this point? Also, like let's say Kid starts doing some shady stuff, right? which would surprise nobody. He's a shady uh-huh. dude. Let's say Kid starts doing some shady stuff. Is Vogel allowed to fire him?
1: <laughs> That's a good question, right? Because the front office throughout this, the, the reports have been that they want to dictate who is on the coaching staff. Part of that is that you have to get far enough down your coaching list to find someone who's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. With you picking my my assistants or at least a a couple of them. And all of that plays into the whole dynamic we've been talking about, not just about this, but throughout the Lakers front office dynamic for a while now, is that there is an emphasis placed on power. Do I have my guy in the room when important discussions are taking place? And I think identifying kid as your guy in the first place is even even under that print, like they're trying to be. I don't know, Cersei. Yeah. But they're just not good at it, right? Right. Like, like, kid is not loyal to the front office or Palenka or anything. Like, kid is loyal to kid. Yeah. And that's, you know, so, so them trying to get a finger on the pulse in every room, I think, for one, speaks to a degree of paranoia that they have. And they're not even doing that particularly well. Like, that's not even a very good mole.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When they, when they, interview jb bickerstaff i finished my article because i had to write that one up with you know this the this is the lakers now it's power grab after power grab it's it's backstab after backstab. it's it's all the efforts more effort is put into moving into power vacuums than to actually filling said vacuums with competence right uh, bad shit happens and then we die i mean <laughs> look the main
1: problem is that being a good basketball team isn't the most important thing to the people who lead this basketball yeah, team. it's 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 their own power. It's, that's... They, they place that above the Lakers being good, and that is why our fandom and their decision making is in constant struggle. Look, the Lakers have made plenty of decisions throughout my time as a fan that I disagreed with. Yeah, that I would have gone in a different direction. Like, I'm not throwing a temper tantrum because I didn't get my way. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing a temper tantrum because they do not prioritize the same thing that I do yeah. as a fan. That, that every NBA
0: team, by the way.
1: Yeah, but, anyone that's good anyway.
0: Every successful NBA team prioritizes the basketball, getting good at basketball. And, you know, one of the things that they struggled with under Magic Johnson was working from behind because the president of basketball operations wasn't around all the time. Well, then now this is this is another thing that they are going to be working from behind in as they try to catch back up to all of these other NBA teams. We're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about Vogel. And I'm going to ask you a question uh, about about him and this kind of circumstance that was kind of rolling around in the back of my head about coaches on their, on their third stop. So I was after the, the Vogel thing happened and, and if there, if, if there is a definition of mediocre coach, I think Vogel would be that, right? I I think he's, 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 a guy he's he's jag right yeah he's average right mm-hmm. like not good or bad yeah he's, he's average he's fine he will be there um but the one of the things and and that's why like when when it when when it was announced that it was vogel it was actually more relief that it wasn't that it wasn't jason kid that they
1: it <laughs> was that your feeling yeah it like
0: you know what i'll take this small victory yeah uh, like i'm f- i'm fine with vogel like if it did not have all this additional yeah. context yeah i want to ask you this though because i again it was a it was a thought that I couldn't really move off of um, and I have those pretty often but but it I was this thought that I can't really move off of is how many NBA head coaches in their third stop showed that they aren't the person that they were in the first two because I can't really think of many
1: yeah that's not that's that's rare the guys i I did research on this a while back and forgive me for not having specifics, but guys almost without fail, win a title in their first stop Yeah, when like they show who they are the first time. And if they're capable and obviously like a coach, a coach can only do so much, Mm -hmm. right? You have to have the talent to be able to do it, but it's very rare that a, coach wins an nba title for the first time in his second job or later yeah if if he does win it in his second job it's when it's after he already won at least once in his first um and, and so yeah vogel is who he is we can hope like the the short version i'll be working on videos they're going to take a few days to to produce but the short version is that frank Vogel's a pretty good defensive coach mm-hmm. um And you could even say a very good defensive coach. I wouldn't argue too hard with that. He's below average on offense. And you could say worse than that if you wanted to. And I wouldn't argue. Um, and, And so we can talk ourselves into the notion that we could hire a good offensive assistant, right, which Jason Kidd does not fit that description right um but there are plenty of other guys and Vogel had a good staff uh this guy named Forcier who's in who ended up in Memphis who was one of his assistants in Orlando there's another guy I think Corliss Williamson ended up as an assistant when he was an assistant with Orlando forgive me this is off the top of my head so if I'm inaccurate I apologize um but he's put together good coaching staffs in the past Mm -hmm. I don't think that that like I'm reading off, shout out to to our guy, BJ Mehta, who just uh, tweeted this. On offense, uh, these are the rankings of Vogel teams. Uh, 23rd, 8th, 19th, 21st, 23rd, 25th, 28th, 25th. On defense, 12th, 10th, 1st, 1st, 8th, 3rd, 24th, 20th. So... What I said about him being you know better on defense than offense is reflected mm-hmm. statistically uh like vogel 's fine again it's it 's the other context that I have an, an issue with. The other thing
0: that makes me a little nervous here, and again it's I, for one thing i can 't get myself to be excited about the Lakers right now like it 's really it's, <laughs> i'm bro a lot of people are struggling right now, I yeah, I and mean, <laughs> we should talk about that right well, like, well, let's hit let 's hit that on the third one right okay. be, but uh one thing that makes me a little nervous here with with the Vogel hire, Woj had a tweet about the the makeup of the staff, right? That it's unlikely that the Lakers are going to have like a lead assistant. Mm-hmm. And what that what that does to me, it, what makes me nervous there is so. To me, given what Vogel has shown to this point, I would I would argue that he needs a top assistant. A, a an associate head coach is just like an offensive coordinator right mm-hmm. he he needs somebody like that and if you say right off the bat that they aren't going to that there isn't going to be that role out there the chris finches the The other minds out there who who would be able to come in and and bring with them an offensive system that makes sense. Like those guys, you know, you're asking most of them to take a lateral step anyway. So you would hope that you would give them a lateral step and and enough of a bump in in pay that they would come over. But if that role doesn't even exist, if you're saying from the get-go that that role doesn't exist, well, then you're kind of eliminating yourself from from the type of coach that they're really going to need.
1: Yeah. And how they announce it and package it in the announcement of the hiring and how it actually comes to be will probably be, be different, right? The dynamics of that. He mm-hmm. may very well have an offensive coordinator. And that's typical on any coaching staff is there are different guys that have different specialties yeah. and responsibility while while supporting each other. But just the all of this is just so set up to go South yeah. and then, you know, I'm just waiting for the, you know, in a year and a half, the, the bogle has been fired and kid has been, promoted to interim You're coach. You're giving it a year and a half. I, I, hey, man, I'm... Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> this 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 Vogel house is being built on a foundation of sand, and it makes me yeah. a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, what are the chances... So that, that Woj, also when that report, said that this is going to mimic a lot of Phil Jackson's staff, that that somehow Phil Jackson didn't have like a lead assistant or anything like that. Text winner is sitting there like, uh... But anywho, um, what are the chances that, like, because because Woj said, and I, I would pull it up, but tweet deck crashes my Skype, so I'm not going to, but Woj said something along the lines of, you know, if it, this is going to be a lot like Phil Jackson's staff, there won't be a lead assistant there, and this is uh, uh, one of the things that Rambus is implementing, and, and my, <laughs> my immediate thought, just because at this point I'm just doing whatever I can to laugh at Kurt Rambus, is like, what are the chances he was working with Phil Jackson? And Phil was like, no, no, we totally don't have a top assistant coach. Like, it totally. You know? it just it wasn't him, right? <laughs> right, right. Phil, Phil was just trying to d- play the human game and say, like, no, Kurt. Pff, no, we're all on equal footing here.
1: <laughs> Kurt, the names of Kurt Rambis and Phil Jackson have come up a concerning amount in yeah. recent days. And I think it... Um, it just speaks to the power vacuum at the top of the franchise where Jeannie, by her own admission, doesn't know much about basketball. And so the people who are closest to her as friends, like what does she have to lean on outside of that? are friendships yeah. and personal relationships, they are going to influence the comings and goings of this franchise because in the absence of her leadership.
0: Yeah. And, and really what it is is, you know, Rob Palenka is Kobe Bryant by proxy. Kurt Rambis is Phil Jackson by proxy. All mm-hmm. these people are, are, the all these proxies, well, the definition of a proxy is they literally are not as good as the person themselves. Right. <laughs> right, and, and so, you know, you have enough of those, you take enough of of those losses throughout the organization and, and you run into the ineptitude that, that we've seen here. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here when we come back. This is going to be a semi-shorter show just because it's a Saturday mm-hmm. uh, and I would like to get back to my mimosas. Um, but we're going to come back, and I want to – I think it's an interesting conversation. Harrison and I touched on it a little bit in the last show. Uh, the the vibe surrounding this move, the organization, the, the fan sentiment in general, I think is is something that we have to talk about. So I went to the protestingy right? And by the way, like again – Why are people mocking this? Why is this? I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll (laughs) I'll, uh, speak your piece because I've got some things to say. I'll keep it brief since you're going to build on it. But like, why are we mocking passion and 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 the attempt to inspire change? Like, even if it's misguided, even if it probably won't do anything, why is this? Why are we laughing at people who care? It's. The nature of
1: the media culture that we have, and I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say, oh, it's fake news and everyone yeah. ha- hates us or anything. It was organized out of frustration on Lake Edit, and organized in I believe less than forty eight hours. It was either two or maybe three days, but it was very short term. Uh, guy, you know, saying, you know, some asshole said, hey, if you feel <laughs> this yeah. way, why don't you uh, organize a protest? Um, the so it was not. Organized to the degree to which it could be. Mm -hmm. Also, if I'm very much a history buff, right? And and, which is not to say that, you know, this is comparable to the French Revolution or Russian Revolution or anything like that. But throughout history, the. Protests that you know of, like the Boston Tea Party was not the first protest mm-hmm. of that was about that topic, yeah. right? The storming of the Bastille in the French Revolution was not the first protest in France. Right. These things start out as kind of this... Disorganized. I'm just pissed off. Type of rage, right? And and with I don't know how to organize this. I don't know how to place this. Uh, but I just feel this way. And it, so it starts throughout history in this type of manner. Yeah. And if the fuckery continues, it gets more and more it organized. Louder. It gets louder. It gets louder. Yes. Right. And which is not to say it would be the same passion level of that type of revolution, a political (laughs) revolution. Right. But um, there were the one criticism that I would give the protest is there were a few people there who struck me as just wanting to be on TV. Yeah. And wanting to not giving a crap about like, you know, like it wasn't about the Lakers or their feeling of principle on the Lakers sucking. It was like, hey, look at all these TV cameras around right. here. I know they are going to be media coverage. This is my chance to get on social media, on TV, and that it was about that with them rather than the actual principle of it. Yeah. So th- those are my thoughts on the protest. I, I understand the feeling behind it. Um, I understand why it wasn't particularly well attended. Um, I, I also don't think that it's necessarily it. – Right, exactly. It's and it's not. And when you say you know it's going to be at 12 p.m., the thing about social media is that the first impression is always the strongest. That's true in life, but that's amplified. And so when you say it's going to be at 12 p.m., well, say I'm working. I used to work at on Seventh and Figueroa, mm-hmm. and the Staples Center is at at on Eleventh and Figueroa, right? So say I'm working there still, right? It's on Seventh and Fig. The protest starts at 12 o'clock. Well, that's when my lunch hour starts, mm-hmm. right? It's going to take me fifteen minutes to walk down there, yep. maybe a little, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But when everyone's snapping photos, haha! Look at all of that. you know, there's fourteen people out here at twelve o'clock on the dot. There, there were certain like. There were certain mistakes made that were honest mistakes. Like the people who tried to organize it did not, like, how how were they to know? And and so I'm with you, man. I understand the feeling. I think there are a lot more Laker fans who are pissed off than were represented by that. Uh, But I also don't think that this is necessarily the end of the story.
0: It was also funny to me to see people say, like, you know, isn't it more effective to boycott? Isn't it more effective to voice your concern over social media is in it. And my thing is like, why not all of those things? Why, sure. why, why can't we do all those things? You know? Uh, right. And, 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 and to be completely fair, that's what has been going on. Like go back on, what was it? The ninth? Was it the ninth? I think it was the ninth. Yeah. The ninth was the, fir- the day after the, the Lou stuff happened and everybody released their, their podcasts. Right. And everybody's at all the podcasts there, uh, one, I would imagine, I can speak for our show. It was one of the biggest shows that we've ever had, um, and two, it was the angriest show that we have ever had. Yeah, right. And and those two facts about this show at the very it, it, it extend to all of them. Like I saw, you guys were at the top of, you know, you and Pete were had had your best Jerry's. day ever on iTunes. Or yeah, what'd I say? You said Pete. It's. Oh. Well, I'm talking to people. We are very similar, here. <laughs> but you and you and Darius had a great day on iTunes too, right? Uh, the Lakers Outsiders guys, their their show did as well as it's ever done, right? And you can the the show that I recorded for Silver Screen and Roll did is one of the biggest shows that we've ever done there, right? And and all of them had a similar tone of frustration. So you combine the frustration in in the coverage of of that day. With the protest the next day, everything that we're hearing about about uh, these moves, and 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 frankly, right now it's apathy towards Frank Frank Vogel. He's like just mm-hmm. he's I guess he's the new coach, right? Um, and and so you, you combine all those things, and and that's you know the the everything in aggregate is what we're looking for. Right? Mm-hmm. And the longer, like you say, the fuckery continues, it's going to get louder. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and we're going to get better at it.
1: They, yeah, I'm not going to say it. I'm sorry. I, I don't like being coy uh, and and acting uh-huh. like I, uh, but this is one of those times. I'm not going to say know. it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to
0: say it yet. I, I, here's, here's where, here's where I'm willing to go with it though. Uh, the way Harrison and I framed our conversation the other day on it was, we have covered low times. We've hit rock bottom after rock bottom after rock bottom. The, mm-hmm. the, the Lakers had 17 wins only a couple seasons ago, right? Uh, and yet, protests weren't a thing. You know the anger on those podcasts. It might have been there. I was plenty angry at the time when when Byron Scott was was benching uh, D'Angelo Russell for or Jordan Clarkson for Ronnie Price, mm-hmm. right? Like. That, that pissed me off, but that wasn't the kind of thing that all kinds of, like, everybody was unified in their angry, anger about. This is different. This is where everybody is unified in either anger or apathy. There is very little positive uh, goodwill going towards the Lakers right now, and it can't continue this way. And the difference is the difference between being upset at individuals and
1: being upset at the organization. Mm-hmm. I think that the degree to which and especially getting LeBron what yeah. like how wild is it we didn't it hasn't even been a year since we signed LeBron. Yeah. And we're at the point of grabbing torches and pitchforks. Does that make us unreasonable? No, not in and of itself. Like we're fans, yeah. Of yeah. course we're unreasonable to some degree, but like you said, it's been bad before. It's what it is right now is a collective realization of Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, these problems are deep yeah. and they are at the top. And, like, removing an owner is complicated. <laughs>
0: and,
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it's not just fire, Byron Scott, and we, we're all, it's all right. going to be good. And, and we've got all these young guys that, that we can uh, put our hopes on, which we do, right? But it's not just like, it's just not that simple anymore. And it is Nix- Nixian, Sons esque type of dysfunction yep. that I think really
0: concerns. Laker fans to a, to a greater degree, yeah, absolutely. And and look, if this isn't if this doesn't work out, right. If we're sitting here a year from now, oh, what the point. I'm, I'm going to come back to that point. The, the point I wanted to make is, to, and and to build on the, the, the thing you were talking about a second ago is, think back to right after they had just finished the season with 17 wins, right? Mm-hmm. Put yourself back in that spot, and now try to imagine making the case to somebody that the Lakers would more than double – the win total from that season a couple of years from then, would have LeBron James, would have cap space. <laughs> the, the young kids, no, nobody that the Lakers have drafted has, has been an outright bust. Lonzo Ball isn't an outright, outright bust. Brandon Ingram isn't an outright bust. If anything, they have some promising aspects of the game to look forward to next year. You have all of these things. And now try to imagine trying to make the case to, to you back in, what was it, 2016, I believe, Imagine trying to make the case to you back in 2016 and say, all right, all of those things are going to be going for the Lakers, and there's going to be protests <laughs> right before they hire their head coach. And it's wild.
1: It really is. And it just tells you the degree to which – and so much of it, again, is self-inflicted. That That's yeah. what makes it particularly frustrating. Like. This coaching search, like, so, so look, put aside, like a lot of people give me crap for advocating for Lou, right? Mm -hmm. People disagree with me. That's fine. That's fine. If you, if you disagree, that's not, but can we all at least agree, regardless of who your preference was, that this coaching search was way
0: more dramatic than it needed to be. That's why I focus so heavily on process. Cause that's, that's something you can be objectively right or wrong about. Right. And, and, you know, what it comes down to is, I'm, I'm trying to find a, a, a right way to say this where I don't sound so holier than now, but back when, back when Lakers Reddit was trying everything in their might to get me fired, like I, I've been on the other end of, of whatever the Lakers are going through right now, where, where there were petitions made to get me fired. The reason for that was because people still believed that the, the team that they root for we're smart. We're intelligent. We're doing the right things. Or we're capable of doing the right things, right? And I think the difference now, the, the and I can say this pretty explicitly, really, uh, in, in having people come up and, and say, like, I'm sorry, you were right, you know. And, and it's not that I'm patting myself on the back for being right. I think so much of this angry like anger that you, saw, you talked about is realizing, oh, crap, they don't know what they're doing. You know, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones fans are going through that right now where they're yeah. saying with, with, yeah. with, with D&D, they're saying, oh, shit, they, they really don't know what they're doing. And, and, and there's – you combine that with the feeling that it doesn't matter – that they don't know what they're doing. The people who don't know what they're doing are getting rewarded with more power. There's nothing... We could yell and scream and kick and boycott all we want, right? Uh, but there's a feeling that at least for the foreseeable future, that's not going to have an impact on on the way the Lakers are operating. They already went through the embarrassment. They, they went through that and, and didn't show any change. They doubled down on their techniques. The, the organization
1: has eroded all of the faith and benefit of the doubt that many Laker fans have had in them. And... That makes this upcoming season, this off season being the uh, the the catalyst for that upcoming season. Yeah, the results of it will matter so much. There will be no understandable non playoff season yeah. next year. There will be no like if you think Laker fans are mad now. Yeah. They have to perform next year. There are no excuses. No injuries would matter. They're, they do not have the benefit of the doubt anymore. They have to succeed this summer in order to succeed next season, and there are no, there's no room for excuses anymore.
0: No, fans aren't going to hear it, and and it goes both ways. The what the stuff you and I have been talking about a lot. The the, the point that you make very well by the way is is that Laker fans are just they're just waiting for a reason to explode they're waiting for a team to get behind right and and now I don't think that has changed I think if the team comes out next year if they're successful they go out and they get Kawhi or I guess right now there's there's momentum building behind Kyrie potentially to the Lakers Um, if they go and do that Laker fans are still going to explode if and when they show that they are that this team and this organization has earned that explosion. But this team and this organization is going to have to do a lot more to earn said explosion. Mm-hmm. And that explosion can go both ways by the way. If if this fan base is capable of exploding for the good times, we know that they're also very capable mm-hmm. of exploding for the bad and in yep. a negative way. And I don't think anybody associated with the Lakers right now are ready for that kind of heat. Can, can I say one more thing yeah. that's a little bit
1: off, off topic, but, but still on? I have faith in LeBron James mm-hmm. for all of the machinations of this organization, How what we just spoke about for the last 30 minutes. Um, I, I tweeted this the other night, and I firmly believe that LeBron James's career is not going to go out with a whimper. No, And I also think that he is significantly, significantly more important in the recruiting process for another Max Free agent <laughs> Frank Vogel. Than, than Frank Vogel, Rob Palinka, or even if they hired one of the guys that I wanted. Mm-hmm. LeBron's more important to getting somebody here than Bob Myers would have been, yeah. than Masai Jerry would have been. They would have been more important in terms of creating the surrounding talent, whether that's on the floor or on the coaching staff and in the other support mechanisms that are in an organization. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to getting a second guy, I think LeBron is more important than anybody we have or possibly could have gotten. So as this is as pessimistic as I've ever been as a Laker fan. I really... I can't tell you how much it hurts. Uh, I know you know, right? Like, I don't have Mm -hmm. to explain this to you. I do not want to be the guy that's going on podcasts all the time killing the Lakers. Yeah. That is not what I want to do. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to uh, sing their glories, right? I've been going through old Laker tape, trying to do, uh, you you know, getting new old uh, Chick Hearn clips. And just hearing the joy of the entire Yeah the entire experience is just like oh i miss that so much yeah. i want that so badly um and if there's one place to place faith as a laker fan and we can have a complicated relationship with him because of 10 plus years of kobe versus lebron but it is lebron james he's the best person in the organization at their job and it's not even close
0: yeah well, he's the only one we know is good <laughs> yeah there's nobody else that we know for a fact is good at their job uh last thing here i I would be, we would be remiss not to talk about Jason Kidd and the disappointment uh, that I feel in 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 this. It uh, so I was I, I wrote this thing for Silver Screen and Roll, and you can check it out uh, if you want. It's basically made the case that as I was writing it, I realized like not only should Kidd not get a head coaching gig with the Lakers, but I'm not even sure he should ever get a head co- coaching gig. Period. Right he has enough of that stuff in his background. Now, that's not to say he shouldn't get any job. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning him to a life of unemployment. Though, he's rich enough to be able to, exi- to to be able to withstand that. He can he can work his way up and if he shows legitimate uh, contrite and and is legitimately apologetic for the stuff that he has in his background then fine. You know, you can you can redeem yourself that way over enough time. But my thing here is why why is why is this guy so important that you are we know why technically we got into the why a little bit you know the why is because he 's willing to be a mole right but why did, there are other people who are willing to be moles? There are other shady people <laughs> out there right like we, we know that they exist We have two of them in our front office at least. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, why, why is this, why is he seen as such a priority? And if he's seen as such a priority that you're going to lump him in with any head coach, like, if, if, if concession number one from whoever you hire is Jason Kidd has to be on your staff, why not just hire fucking Jason Kidd, you know? Like why if you if you're willing to eat that bad that bad PR and you're willing to look the other way when the dude pled guilty to to beating his wife in 2001 in 2007 she she Counterfiled a suit uh, when he when he filed for divorce her and and in that lawsuit in 2007 there were there were allegations of of further abuse not just to her but to his children uh, and and you know there was all of that that went on in also in 2007 I believe or maybe in 2000 no no I think I believes I, I believe it was also in 2007 a model uh, for. Or a a model who remains unnamed at this point uh, filed a, a lawsuit against him for. Uh, uh, what sounded a lot like at least sexual misconduct in in a strip in a, in a dance club in Manhattan. Uh, he has the DUI in his in his record that is from as recent as 2012. Uh, he has this. He has all, and and that's before you get to the to the to the Tom that he had off the, on a basketball court, right? The the soda gate that cost him 50k. The undercutting of of assistant coaches elsewhere. Uh, the the outright. Disregard for the 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 best practices of the coaching pr- fraternity throughout the NBA, right? All of positioning himself for Luke Walton's job while Luke Walton Walton still had it, right? That was the thing, and that was the thing that Jeannie Bus seem, seems to have the biggest problem with. That's the only thing that she's ever spoken up about is is how dare he position himself for Luke Walton's job while Luke Walton still had it. Still haven't heard a peep from her about the, the 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 domestic abuse or the drunk driving. I'm still waiting for all, uh, an explanation on that, and they, and they prioritized this guy enough to, to, to let Teron to Liu, the best candidate you were going to get, walk away in part because he didn't want to work with him. So why is, what's so special about Jason Kidd here? It can't be basketball. It can't, he, we've seen him as a basketball coach. He, he's, he's not good. I don't, I don't understand it, and, and, and this is why at the end of the day, like, they, they can't make just an outright good move. It's 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 one step forward, it's two steps back. And and it it legitimately pisses me off. And the people who are in my mentions right now telling me that it was 20 years ago, let it go. If if he beat your sister, if he beat your 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 mom, anybody, if he beat anybody close to you, would you let it go after 20 years? I would never let that shit go. Ever. Let alone give him a a, a high-ranking job with a billion dollar corporation. Fuck that. It's it's disgusting. It's wrong and and look, this This is the hit. This is the straw that broke my back. It's hard for me to feel like a legitimate Lakers fan anymore. It's hard for me to stand behind Jeannie Buss at this point anymore. It's embarrassing. This guy represents the Lakers in some way, shape, or form, and and he shouldn't. And it's it's disgusting that he does. (laughs) Anything to add? (laughs) No, man, you said what needed to be said. All right, bud. I'm I'm trying to stay out of your way. No, it's, it's just it's tough, man. It's like you said, I want I want to get back to, to, to rooting and feeling pride in, in the Lakers. They're a legitimate. They are they, they decide in a lot of ways the economy of, of an entire city. Right? If the Lakers are good, the entire economy of of Los Angeles is is, is usually in a better place. Downtown LA used to be a slum, and then Staples Center was built, and the the Lakers won their three-peat, and that entire area is a better place for it. The impact that they can have on the city in in legitimate fiscal ways is important in and of itself. But think about: like, if you're, I'm about to have a daughter. I'm, I'm supposed to explain to Avery to why they why she should be proud of of the Lakers while that monster is on the on the coaching staff. How do I do that? How does that happen? And how does and and you know if if that does if that if that topic isn't brought up at the introductory press conference, then then what's the point of all of this? Is it just is it is it really just basketball? Is it because if it's just basketball, then we can be a little less passionate about it, right? It, for most people, it is Anthony. It's sad. It's sad. It, it's it's really fucking sad. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Sorry to end on on the on the negative rant there. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get your questions in for uh, iTunes in the form of a five star review, and I'll answer them for Monday's show. Pete, thanks for setting a little bit of time for me on on a Saturday. I really really appreciate that. And I'll talk to you next week, dude.